Welcome to Women Leading the Way Radio Show, where each time you'll hear from successful women CEOs, executives, and professionals, where we'll discover how they do what they do to be successful in business. We'll be interviewing women who have overcome big challenges, women who have incredible stories of lessons learned in dealing with adversity. We'll even interview women who have started and grown successful organizations and women who are C-level executives with unique talents and positions. Our goal is to bring successful businesswomen together to share how they're leading the way in business today. Good afternoon and welcome to Women Lead Radio, brought to you by Connected Women of Influence. I'm Diane Callahan, your host of The Lighthearted Life. Our topic today is recognizing and addressing burnout. And my guest, I'm so excited to have my guest on today. My guest is Dr. Britt Andrieta, and she is an internationally recognized author, thought leader, and she uses her background in leadership, neuroscience, psychology, and education to create science-based solutions for today's challenges in our workplaces. And today we're, we're facing the challenge of burnout because it's such a huge issue. So, Britt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to connect with your listeners. Wonderful. So let's just, first of all, um, Britt and I met uh, quite a few years ago now in Washington, D.C. She was speaking at the Association of Talent Development annual conference where I was um, attending. And we ended up meeting um, in the lobby of a hotel having breakfast, and we just clicked. And I've been finding out more about her work and the books that she's written and the training and speaking that she does. And so I am thrilled to have you on the show, Britt. And um, I also attended – you did a a series of um, webinars, workshop webinars, earlier this year on this very topic of burnout, and I found it fascinating. Many of my corporate clients – are dealing with this issue, some better than others, <laughs> in their workplaces. So um, I wanted to start out by asking, what is burnout? Like, what should we be looking for? What shows us that people are just right on that edge? Yeah, great question. So I want to say that burnout was a problem before the pandemic started. In fact, the World Health Organization had identified it as a, as a workplace um, illness that needed to be addressed. And, and then ah. because of the pandemic, a lot of people went into levels of burnout. So what burnout is, is it's a, it's a medically diagnosable state. And it's a state of emotional, mm. physical, and mental exhaustion brought on by long-term stress. And then there's three components um, that make up burnout. So let me go through these three and kind of listen for which one of these you've been experiencing. The first part is emotional exhaustion. So that's the chronic fatigue. It comes with insomnia, so you're exhausted but you can't sleep. And that, of course, then affects your concentration, brings on anxiety, depression. Some people have anger. We're more likely to get sick. And some people have physical symptoms like heart palpitations or chest pain or GI pain. So that exhaustion is one piece of it. The second component Mm -hmm. is called decreased sense of accomplishment. And this is when we feel like nothing we do makes a difference. So we feel like we're kind of Uh, running on that hamster wheel. The stuff that we used to enjoy just doesn't feel good anymore. We have apathy. We start to get irritable. Our productivity goes down. And we just start to feel kind of hopeless. 
And then the last one is, is called detachment and depersonalization, which means we've depleted our ability to have empathy and compassion. Like we gave, we mm. gave it all and we've got no more to give. And so this includes like just loss of enjoyment. Nothing makes you happy. That makes you more pessimistic. You start to detach. And what's hard here is you not only have a, a difficult time caring for others, but you also don't care for yourself. And so for me, it's a little bit like that boiled frog. Like by the time you're truly burned out, you almost are in a state where you can't even do the things that will help you recover from it. So it's, it's a dangerous, it's a dangerous state to get into. Absolutely. It's, it's similar in some ways to just depression. A lot of those, um, the symptoms and getting to that point where you can't, it's, Sometimes it looks so simple. It's like, just go out and take a walk or take a shower. And people get to this point where they're just not, like, able to take care of mm -hmm. themselves. And, and so would you say that, I mean, the, what I've seen is that there's, there are multiple factors that get you to that point. Some of it has to do with your workplace and the environment there and the workload and all of those things. But there's other stuff that that adds to it right like stuff going on in our home life and the stresses we have there am i am i right on that yeah absolutely i mean the two biggest factors that cause burnout is overworking and so we know during mm -hmm. the pandemic like a lot of people were working on the weekends when they didn't used to do that there was nowhere to go there was no fun to go have so a lot of people just leaned into right. doing more work and a lot of people like the workday went from nine to 12 hours and email companies that serve email were seeing the biggest logons between like midnight and 3am. People were just oh. leaning hard into work and some companies did better than ever during the pandemic because their workers were just, they had nothing else to go do. So they were just working. So overworking is part of it. And then under recharging. So the things that we do in the evenings and weekends, like have dinner with friends, go get a pedicure, go on vacation. We couldn't do any of that. So not only were we overworking, we were under recharging. And that is a dangerous combination because by the time you get burned out, then even the idea of going and getting a pedicure, you're like, eh, I don't think I need it. <laughs> but what you do, you desperately yeah. need it. You know, overworking, under recharging. Obviously, they came to the fore during the pandemic and as we've been mm -hmm. trying to find our way out of it. But that stuff was happening, like you said, it, it really started happening even long before that. We've, with all of the technology, we've been able to be worker bees 24-7 at this point, or at least available for the work, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, that's the danger of technology is that even when you go on vacation, some people still get the pings on their phone that something is happening. They don't feel like they can truly unplug and, and have that full break. And, and we really need that. Going on vacation and still answering a few emails on vacation is not vacation. <laughs> that is working at no. the beach. It is not vacation. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because, and what's happened is it feels like we've moved into this place where we're all 24-7 available to whatever it is, to work things, to people, to whatever. And, and we've trained ourselves to always sort of be that way. We've trained our workplaces to kind of know that we'll be available even when we're supposed to be off. So we've, we've really kind of painted ourselves into a weird corner of um, almost 
not being able to take the break. Like we just, our mindset is so different now. Whereas, you know, in other times, or for some people, they're much better at this. And they're just like, I need the complete shutdown of all that stuff so that I can just breathe. And that's what we don't do. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where like having some boundaries, I think we all lost the boundaries during the pandemic. So it's really an important time for all of us to reestablish those boundaries and maybe do a better job of having boundaries. You know, this is honestly what the quiet quitting conversation is about. It's not about people doing the least possible. They're just trying to have healthy boundaries, (laughs) you know, pay me for the work I'm, 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 you know, I'll do the work you're paying me for, but I'm no longer going to go above and beyond evenings and weekends and, and exhaust myself. So it's about having boundaries. We've all lost them, so it's a great time to reestablish them. I totally agree with you on that. Um, boundaries are for us. They're not for um, other people so much as they are for how we want to live, and we set them for ourselves. And because we have just created this world where, you know, I guess we're expected to just be world beaters, right? We're out there working all these hours. And now this whole thing about quiet quitting, people are like, well, you know, they're not doing what they used to do because we train people, right? What, we'll, right. what we will um, take, what we'll, you know, what we'll do for them. And so we've, we've sort of trained the workplace to think that the hard workers are the ones that are there all these stupid hours and we've got to change that within ourselves, but also within our workplaces. Do you agree? Absolutely. I mean, certainly, you know, what drove the great resignation, the number one reason people left the job was burnout. And, um, and then tied to that was cultures where they just did, it was kind of a toxic culture. You didn't feel like you could take a break or some people were experiencing sex, sexism or racism or homophobia at work and, and they didn't want to go back to that kind of environment. So people were leaving not great environments and seeking better, better places to work. But absolutely, you know, it impacts the culture of the place and, and then also the expectations. You know, if everyone's expected to be on all the time but you don't get rewarded for it, you're going to see higher turnover and have a harder time bringing people in than if you have a more balanced workplace where people are respected and encouraged to have a healthy, healthy lifestyle and a healthy balance. Absolutely. This is really a statement, not on individuals, but, uh, well, I mean, to a degree, but it's really a call for change for businesses and workplaces. And the, the businesses that are going to, thrive and continue are the ones that are going to understand that they need to make these cultural changes. They need to be under, you know, have meaningful conversations about purpose and meaning and what employees want out of being there. You know, not just the check, the paycheck, but they want to have a meaningful life and employers and managers and leaders are going to have to make that shift to succeed, to continue to succeed. Do you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. And the market's already showing you that. You know, the companies that are having a hard time keeping people or getting people are the ones that are, are struggling with that. And the companies that really have a culture of caring and, and of balance and have trained their managers to be really good at taking care of their people, those companies are doing much better and are finding it much easier to, to keep good talent and get good talent. 
One of the things that you said in one of your um, webinars on the, on the great resignation and burnout is about how many people in the workplace feel pressure or, feel, or put pressure on themselves maybe to cover up some facet of their identity at work. And, um, and with the transition from work from home back into the workplace, you know, maybe they, in the work from home arena, they may have been um, spared having to cover up part of their true selves. And now as they transition back into the workplace, uh, they have to confront that. And I think that that's also a big challenge. What, I mean, because I'm looking at one of your slides. It's, I mean, it's leg legitimately people who are LGBT, 83% of them feel like they have to cover some of that. Um, all kinds of women, um, heterosexual white men even, Asian folks, um, Hispanic folks, 61% of employees you shared um, feel pressure to sort of present as, slight, as slightly or significantly different than their true selves at work. That's heartbreaking. Yeah, this was, yeah that's, this is research done by, um, by a couple of folks at Harvard. Uh, Yoshino and Smith are the researchers. <clears throat> and really mm -hmm. it speaks to environments where there's not psychological safety or there's not a good yes. commitment to um, really creating an environment that's healthy for everyone. And so when you have folks who are spending a large part of their time and energy covering up some aspect of their identity because they're worried that they will be shamed or sidelined or not treated mm -hmm. fairly or even actively attacked. Um, they're not bringing their full self to work and they're not able to lean their full productivity into the workplace. And so, you know, diversity and inclusion and belonging are all really important, psychological safety. In the Great Resignation, we definitely saw higher numbers of women and people of color and LGBT folks um, leave their workplaces because really what they, when they got to work from home, they got a break from the toxicity. They got a break from the harassment and they felt safer in their homes. They didn't want to go back into the workplace. So it's also a real pivotal time for companies to be looking at their culture and making sure they're committed to these, to creating psychological safety and health and wellness for everyone. I would like to talk a little bit more about the psychological safety aspect. Um, we're going to break right now for a, um, to recognize one of our sponsors, and then we'll come back and talk about some more things regarding burnout, psychological safety, all those things, things that we can start doing today for ourselves to help us continue to feel good or to feel better. So Women Lead Radio is brought to you today by Connected Women of Influence and our partner, National University. National University is proud to be one of the largest private nonprofit universities founded in 1971. The National University mission is to provide accessible, achievable higher education to all adult learners. Today, National University educates students from across the United States and around the globe with over 170,000 alumni worldwide. Thank you for your support, National University, and to all our sponsors and partners. And now we're back to the lighthearted life and our conversation with Dr. Britt Andrieta about burnout and how to recognize it, recognize it and how to address it. So let's talk about, we talked a lot about sort of the recognizing. Let's talk about how do we address burnout. 
Britt, and I'd like to, I mean, because we have the workplace culture that we've been talking about, and then, you know, a lot of our listeners are, you know, known as solopreneurs. They have small, small businesses where they're the, the solopreneur, or maybe they have a partnership. And so, and so I'd like to talk about some of the ways that we can help our people and help ourselves recover or heal from burnout. What would you suggest? Well, the research shows that, you know, we have to be attentive to it. So we have to realize, you know, we're in trouble. And if you're, if you're, if you recognized any of those symptoms earlier, it means that you need to take intentional effort to help yourself heal from burnout. It's something everyone can do. And I want to highlight the research of Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith, who identified seven types of rest. So I want to go through the seven types of rest because as I was doing this research, I realized, oh, my gosh, I'm burned out. And I realized I needed to start being more intentional. So the seven types of rest, the first one is going to be what you think it is. It's physical rest. So getting good sleep, um, doing things like active rest, like getting a massage. Even yoga can be a restful practice. And naps count. So if you're like I am and you're up between two and four every night in the middle of the night, if you get a nap in the afternoon, that counts into your sleep bank. So it's okay to do sleep plus naps. That's fine. Um, the second type of rest is mental rest, and this is just taking a break from whatever you're concentrating on. So a short brain break while you're working, stepping away from the office, letting yourself veg out for a little while. Then there's sensory rest, which is intentionally turning down all the, the sensory data coming at you. So, you know, maybe taking a bubble bath with candles or unplugging from your devices, putting yourself in soothing, calming environments where you're kind of tuning down, toning down the sound and the noise and the lights and all of that. The next type is creative rest. So this is stuff that you do for fun. It's not about being good at it. So if you like doing art for fun but you cannot paint, <laughs> that's okay. Just paint for fun. Like it's not about being good at it. It's about just having fun. For some people, this is sewing. For some people, this is music. Um, it also is fine if you just want to surround yourself with beautiful things, things that inspire you. But it's really kind of paying attention to that creative expression. Um, the next one is emotional rest. So this is about being able to be authentically yourself and giving yourself time to express yourself freely and not be a people pleaser. So for some people, mm -hmm. that means they just need some alone time. Some people, they can be around trusted friends, but it's really like uh, making sure you're not putting on that persona to make other people happy, but you're just truly being authentically yourself. A lot of people find this kind of rest with animals, like that they can just have unconditional love with their cat or their dog <laughs> kind of thing. Yes. Um, the next kind of social rest, and this is really just around paying attention to who you hang out with. The cool thing about the pandemic is we all got a break from those toxic relationships, and now as the world is kind of reuniting, some of us are not calling certain people that we used to hang out with before. Um, so social rest is just making sure that when you spend time, it's with the people who are most caring and supportive to you, not those toxic people or those folks who drain your energy. And then the mm -hmm. last type of rest is spiritual rest. And this is kind of uniquely defined for each of us and what we practice. For some folks, it's part of a, a religious tradition. Um, for some folks, it's about meditating or being in community with other folks. It's whatever kind of opens your heart and gives you a sense of purpose. So some kind of spiritual connection, however you define that. 
So those are the seven types of rest. And when I learned all that, I was like, whoa, I'm really shortchanging myself on some of these. So I leaned into being intentional about really, you know, closing my laptop, having my evenings, having my weekends. Um, and that's harder for solopreneurs. We always feel like there's something left to do. So I think solopreneurs, mm-hmm. to answer your earlier question, are more challenged with having boundaries and giving themselves permission to rest than maybe folks who work a nine-to-five for another company. I think you're right. I think one thing that um, well, solopreneurs and all of us can do is recognize and and really lean into the fact that doing these things, taking time for these kinds of rest is actually investing in the success of ourselves. Because like you said earlier, we can't bring our full self, our full knowledge, creativity, passion, if we are completely over the edge burned out. So if, if what we can do, and this kind of gets back to what I mentioned earlier, it's this whole challenge of changing our thinking about work like work hard work more you know get be be that you know grind you know how a lot of people are like rise and grind and I think that this whole experience and and people like you that are really really teaching how to spot burnout how to how to address burnout there you are helping with that huge conversation about no it's Grinding is not going to get you any further than being smart with your work and taking and turning everything off and investing in your own, you know, a wellness. Do you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there, you'll hear this phrase hustle culture and how we all yes. kind of bought into like hustle, hustle, work harder, work more. You almost got praised for talking about how exhausted you are. And that culture really had a grip on everyone. And I think the, some of the blessings of the pandemic is it, it really popped us out of that. We really got to be less busy and be at home and start to figure out what was worth our time and energy. So I think we're going through a global shift of priorities right now. We all lived through a global trauma and are, have gone through the values clarification process that that everyone goes through when they face the mortality. And so embrace it. You may be finding that you're called to a different career. You may be, you know, realizing that you want to downsize your life so you can have a job that's less hours and, and make changes. You know, you may realize you need to change the kind of people you hang out with. All of this is good. And I think it's just, you know, highlighting that the thing I wanted to convey was like, hey, folks, we lived through global trauma, we worked hard, we made it through, and we're probably more burned out than we realize. Learn to recognize these symptoms and now lean into healing yourself, that we have to put some time and energy into getting better. And then we'll start to feel happier and more connected. And then we'll figure out what next steps are after that. I love that. I love that so much, Britt. I, I think that if we can change that hustle culture to a whatever the right word is, wellness culture, whatever. Because, I, and in fact, I love what you talk about with the values clarification. So, uh, and, and, and um, sort of looking at it similar to someone who's gone through a life-threatening illness. I'm sitting here talking to you as a four-time cancer survivor. And so... Wow. When you say, yeah, I'm the most blessed person, I'm so 
blessed. And so when you say that, it resonates so deeply with me because part of my journey and, and my calling is to help people get that values clarification and make those changes in their life without having a terrible diagnosis or an accident or whatever it may be. And so um, having gone through this pandemic as a, as a collective values clarification really helps, helps people understand it better. And, and I'm very hopeful that we as society, we as individuals, we as employers will get there with that whole, like life is, brief and beautiful and um, life is not all about, you know, the dollars that you have in the bank. In fact, none of the numerical metrics are what life is about, you know, like what we weigh or how much money we have in the bank or how many likes we have on social media. Those are not what we should measure our life by. And so you and I are doing very similar work, sort of coming at it from each side of that equation. And, um, and I'm hopeful for all of us. And as, as we continue to encourage, go ahead, Britt, what were you going to say? I was going to say me too. As, as hard as it's been, I feel like we're really on this, this brink of, of shifting to a more, you know, connected and respectful and supportive work environment. And, you know, we're never, the genie is never going back in that bottle. It, we are forever changed. Um, so while it's messy right now, I think we're really headed towards something that's much more sustainable and kind. I agree. And, that, and part of that is that we keep these conversations um, happening. Like we don't, so one of uh, my phrases that I love so much is there's no such thing as back to normal and there never was. There's no such thing as back to normal. There's only forward to better. And so as we've gone through, in fact, that's my most recent keynote, forward to better. As we've gone through all of these changes, values clarifications, um, grief, struggle, we, the little voice in the back of our head is like, oh, I just wish it would go back to normal. But like you said, the genie's out of the bottle. There's, it's, there's no way. So we have to drive forward. And the only way to go is to better. We got to we got to use, you know, this this um, time. We got to use the hard stuff in our lives to push us, to propel us forward to better. That's the only thing that gets us there, because we're complacent little human beings, right? Most of us are happy where we're at, and we don't force ourselves to change until we are forced by something like a global pandemic or a terrible diagnosis, or whatever it may be. So I, we just need to keep these conversations happening so that it doesn't slip back into, um, you know, go back, quote, unquote, back to normal. Like some people, you know, feel more comfortable in the normal. So we, we can't let that happen. So these conversations are huge. I hope that this show, that hearing from you and listening to all the research will help people have, you know, deeper, better conversations around the dinner table, talking about this stuff. What is life, you know, what does it mean? What is our, how do we have purpose and meaning in our life? How do we live with no regrets? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. My last question for you is I I just wanted to talk about, now going back to sort of the corporate structure um, and, and the leaders who, who, you know, 
create the cultures in, the, in these organizations. We talked a lot about that. So can leaders and, well, I don't want to say corporations and businesses because corporations and businesses are people. So we're talking about the leaders of these places. What can leaders do to go forward to better, to, to make changes that will, um, that will stick, to make their culture better for each, for each person who works for them? What can they do? Absolutely. Well, a couple of things. You know, I recommend that leaders, first of all, check in with themselves. A lot of senior leaders and executives are also burned out. Um, and so just checking in on themselves and taking care of themselves is a big part of it. Two, talk about it. The more we talk about burnout, what it is, what the symptoms are, the more we can normalize it and, and help people identify that they need support. Third thing leaders can do is role model and promote self-care. You know, leaders need to take yep. their vacations. They need to make sure their employees are taking their vacations. Everyone's backlogged on vacations right now. Um, yes. And when, and when people go on vacation, that means that they are allowed to be unplugged and don't have to call into that meeting or they don't have to look for emails. They literally get to be off. Um, some companies are even incentivizing people and giving them a bonus that they take a vacation. Some organizations wow. are creating sabbaticals where people can request taking like a three-month leave or something instead of quitting the job altogether. So there's, there's lots of things we can do. And then, of course, making things like therapy part of your free benefits, um, making mindfulness mm -hmm. classes and health, you know, health, health support things like gym classes and stuff available or paid for by the company. These are all ways that leaders can do that. And then, of course, investing in manager training and leadership training so that their managers and leaders are prepared and emotionally intelligent enough to really look for the signs and create really psychologically safe and positive work environments. Absolutely. That's a lot, a lot of change, a lot of newness, a lot of doing things differently, but it is going to pay off in the long run, not only in, you know, business, but in our whole society, we will be happier, healthier, better people, better parents, better workers, better creators of the next new idea. So, Britt, you do a lot of that training for corporations. How can people reach you if they want to find out more about what you do? Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. So folks follow me there, Britt Andriata. And then my website is my name, so BrittAndriata.com or brainawaretraining.com. That's my company. I do brain-based training solutions for all level of employees to senior leaders. And I am very blessed to get to work with some of the biggest corporations in the world. So I'd love to, love to connect with folks if they feel like their company could benefit from that. Perfect. And everybody, listeners, if you want to know more about this brain science and how this all works, Britt has written um, three books that are so amazing, Wired to Resist, Wired to Connect, and Wired to Grow. And as leaders in businesses, they're, they are hugely helpful, but also as individuals. So check those out. They're available on all the major booksellers. And I cannot believe 30 minutes has gone by so quickly. I want to thank you, um, Britt, for being our guest today, being on the show, sharing your wisdom. It's been a very um, deep and thought-provoking conversation. I'm really grateful. And I want to give a special thanks to all of our listeners in the United States and internationally because we are an international show. 
After our show today, you can listen to Women Lead Radio on all subscription podcasts, specifically Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And this is exciting. We're expanding quickly to a daily radio show and podcast. But for now, we'll be back again for another live Women Lead Radio show on Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and on Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time. So I want to say thank you so much, Britt, for being here. It's been my pleasure to be your host today. And thank you all to the listeners. I want you to have a great week and go out there and live your lighthearted life. Women Leading the Way is produced by Connected Women of Influence, the premier private membership organization where light-focused, business-to-business executive and professional women connect, collaborate, and cultivate a vast network of high-level affiliations, resources, and professional relationships. For more information about Connected Women of Influence, please visit our website at connectedwomenofinfluence.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.